Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. And today, I have the one and only Greg Efring. Greg, how are you today? Hey, Mads. I'm, I'm doing really good, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Hopefully, I'll be able to add some value to your audience. Excellent. Now, Greg, most of the world already know about you, but for those few people hiding out there that haven't heard about you yet, do you want to tell me a little bit about your background and the current company and the current team you're working with? Yeah, uh, so I am the director of marketing for Empire Flippers. We help people buy and sell profitable online businesses. I, I've been more or less the head of marketing for the last year and a half, uh, maybe a little bit longer actually now. <laughs> it's starting to date myself. Uh, but yeah, I started off as an apprentice back when we had that apprentice program. That's just a, a content creator and moved into content manager. Now I'm the director of marketing. Uh, I'm originally from Alaska, I used to work in the oil fields in the Arctic Circle, and now I live in Southeast Asia, completely location independent, uh, running entirely a remote team. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It's really awesome having you in the show. Like a lot of the people I, I normally interview, they're, they're sort of started out as entrepreneurs as a top dog themselves. So I'm, I'm actually very eager to, to talk to you today, also to get a lesson from a little bit different perspective. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. What, uh, yeah. what, what do you generally sort of consider your, your management philosophy? Like how do you think about management? Yeah, well, I've always had this thought, and uh, of course you, you've actually helped me quite a bit with my thought on this. As, as you know, uh, you, you were one of my uh, management consultants. So when I first got into this gig, uh, but the way I view it, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a very friendly person uh, or try to be. And uh, I think the best way to look at your employees, like your directs underneath you, is to consider them customer number one, right? Like if you treat them well, then they're going to do their job well. And if, if they mess up, they feel guilty that they messed up, right? Because you've been treating them well. Uh, and you, if they're going to be doing their job well, that means they're also probably serving your customers well. So. I always view the employees as customer number one. What can I do to make their life better? Uh, and also, how can I, you know, build a real relationship with them where it's not so much like, oh, I need to do this because Greg told me I have to do it. He's going to shoot me out. It's more like oh, Greg told me to do this. and I want to do it because I can see the big vision of how this will impact uh, the future of our customers. And so that that's the way I kind of approach it. Excellent. That sounds really good. And what what do you personally found the most enjoyable about managing other people? Uh, I think the most enjoyable thing is you know putting together a, you know kind of a high level plan and then dissect dissecting that plan that goal into several different chunks and just having the right team in place to take care of those chunks right so. In marketing, we have tons of collaboration projects and, you know, I'm blessed with a really awesome team that are able to do a lot of different things. Uh, so that's probably the thing I like the most is I can delegate to things that maybe I'm not exactly that good at, but I'm delegating to people that are very good at it, at that. So like an example would be uh, attribution. I'm, I'm not like a numbers person. I'm much more of a creative person. And uh, there's a guy on my team who's 
totally a numbers person and uh, I'm able to delegate these things I know are important that I understand what, what they mean in the overall picture, but I not, might not be so good at the task myself. I'm able to give that uh, to him and you know, watch him blossom and you know, succeed with such a task like that, which I think is really cool. That's amazing. I thought you had no weaknesses, but apparently you do. <laughs> Every hero has a weakness, Matt. <laughs> so the next one is exciting to hear. So what's the biggest challenge that you've overcome from a management standpoint? Yeah, so that, that's an interesting one, uh, mainly because of what you said at the top. You know, I'm not the owner of the company. I didn't start off in a you know, position of power by any means. I just kind of rose up to the ranks. And so it's a, it's a different perspective than, say, if I was an entrepreneur, what challenges I would be overcoming in management, because there's two sides to who I need to manage, right? I have my team, but also have the founders I have to manage. So there are like a lot of the challenges actually doesn't necessarily come from the team as much as, you know, managing expectations up above me and managing the expectations of other departments. So uh, one of the big challenges I've overcome or, you know, get pretty close to overcoming now at this point is as a company grows bigger, especially if you have a sales team, there's this misalignment that can happen over a period of months or a period of years. And it's just, you know, two different talking heads that are not speaking to each other. So one of the things I did as part of, um, uh, you know, my role as a manager is to get the other departments talking with us. So I started doing, uh, by or every two weeks, we meet up with the sales department, with my marketing team, and we discuss any kind of issues that are uh, happening, any kind of new pieces of content that are coming down the pipeline. Uh, we come up with new ideas together, and that's helped to create a much better alignment uh, with, you know, between our two departments. And uh, so I'm pretty, pretty proud about that. Uh, I've also helped to get more of the employees into the spotlight with content and create a content system that allows them to basically just fill out a brief so we can create a content around them and uh, promote them. So that way, I, you know, I'm not just the face of the company and the, and the face of the company is more than just the founders as well, which I think is uh, very important for longevity. Um, the other thing I, I feel like I've done fairly well with is uh, what I was talking about earlier, managing above where, you know, every now and then you'll get something like, oh, our competitors are spending all this money on AdWords. We need to, you know, spend, 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 spend to out, outbid them. And it would be part of my job as, you know, kind of the curator of the marketing budget to say, whoa, hang on, I, maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, let's look at their ads. Like these ads are terrible for one. Their, their websites are not even mobile optimized. Like our competitors are spending money on things we already know doesn't work. Uh, so let's just keep letting them spend that money. <laughs> so maybe we don't need to uh, be spending uh, just because our competitors are spending there, right? So those are the kind of things that uh, are more challenging as a manager to do, especially like, you know, this person in the middle versus someone at the top but uh, also very rewarding when you're able to handle it. Yeah, that sounds awesome, that sounds awesome. So you already mentioned that you have an amazing team. Uh, I'm super curious to hear, like how do you try and identify tomorrow's leader? So obviously you're, you're a director now, so uh, how, how do you figure out who are the best people to, to really grow into sort of management roles below you and so on? Do you have any, framework for that yet or uh yeah very rough framework uh, my team is still pretty small in the grand scheme of things but 
Uh, one thing I've instituted that's very important to my team is the 20% rule. So any, any time during the week, they have 20% of their time to do basically whatever it is they want that they think that can help the company. So that could be taking a course, uh, implementing a new marketing strategy, uh, you know, optimizing an ad campaign. It could be any of those kind of things. And what I look for, for people that, you know, have leadership potential is someone that uses that 20% of their time to create a project and see that project through. Now, if they, they're doing that, they don't have a supervisor tag to their name, then that's a pretty good sign of someone who can one lead and be creative, come up with new initiatives, but also see those initiatives carried out, able to get the resources they need from the team. So they're, you know, able to work nicely together with other people, which is a soft skill that I think is often overlooked uh, and they're able to get things done. And if that project is also successful, that tells me that they can not only lead that project, create new projects, but they can also help the company be more successful in a role like that if I gave them more power, more uh, role power, et cetera. So uh, we're a pretty flat structured team though. Uh, like, you know, it's common that one of my guys tells me, hey, I need copy for this landing page and I'm in there writing the copy for him. So we're, we're very flat, but that's what I look for when it comes to leadership, a, you know, a bit of passion, uh, understanding what they're doing and able to uh, come up with new initiatives that they're able to carry out. That's super cool. Yeah, I love the 20% rule, right? Like, obviously, different departments do, do very differently, but, but uh, particularly in a marketing area, that's super interesting, right? Because it, it gets people more inspired as well, I guess, and they, they get to try out some of those cool things that they kind of want to do, but might not always be sort of the sub-company priority, right? Yeah, absolutely. And some of our best stuff has come from 20, the 20% rule. You know, uh, we had uh, one of the guys that work with, works with me, Swig, he's kind of like a jack of all trades, does so many different things. One of the things he used in his 20% time is uh, creating a new chatbot system for us. And that increased top of funnel meetings with our sales team by a pretty dramatic amount on a weekly level. Like, I think he increased it by like 30% or something like that from a very simple thing that he took the time to learn how to do, and then it was pretty easy to implement and track it all, and it was a big success. So there's all sorts of cool things that come out of that, things that you would never have thought of if you were just, you know, kept yourself in a tight structure. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Excellent. Now, the next one, when you bring in new people to your team, how do you onboard them? So again, do you have a good framework for onboarding or bringing new people into your group or what, what do you normally do? Yeah, so this is a, a struggle for us, mainly because how we hire in marketing has been kind of unorthodox for, compared to the rest of the company. So uh, we've only really hired maybe three people in the, like since I came on board as the, as the manager in the normal way. Typically, how it happens is they were already like a contractor for us doing some kind of work and then we bring them on. So when we hire just like straight out where they weren't a contractor, our onboarding stuff could probably use some new love. Uh, I have created a new system uh, that I just went with, uh, with two new hires that actually just came on board a few weeks ago. And that seemed to have gone really well. So what I, what I do is I'll meet with them in person uh, for about two, two and a half weeks. Uh, go over everything. So like everything about the company, I give them this very exhaustive reading list uh, to understand our niche and our industry better. Uh, I'll go over content marketing and basically their whole role from start to finish, the high level down to the uh, very deep, small level. And what I'll do in that first week is I show them how complicated everything is. So it kind of like 
scares them that first week. I'll, you know, I'll show them like the crazy email funnel diagrams we have or the crazy content production system that we're working on. And then as they keep going uh, towards the end of that week or towards the end of the training, I come back to those complicated systems and show them how much they've learned because now it actually makes sense to them, right? So I demystify this like <laughs> this runic spell language to them when they first come on board and now they get it, right? And that inspires them to see like how much they've learned. And while I'm doing the high level stuff, I also have uh, other members of my team that are, you know, with their specific functions go into the super detailed nitty gritty stuff like on uh, our marketing automation or seller interviews, et cetera. Uh, and then I'll have them, uh, since these were content hires, one thing I did is have them rewrite a few of our case studies for us and, you know, walk them through that whole process, et cetera. So by the end of about two and a half weeks to three weeks, they, you know, they were working like crazy during this, trying to catch up with everything, but they are more knowledgeable than almost anyone else uh, in, in the industry when you compare it with like just your average digital nomad entrepreneur. Uh, they know more about buying and selling, probably more about content marketing than most people in our industry. So, Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a good, good system. Now, Greg, what do you find sort of unique or what do you find different about the way you manage compared to how you see people around you? And obviously that could both be in your company, but, but obviously you meet a lot of people in general. So what, what do you find very unique about your management style that you feel work really well? Yeah, I, I think the most unique thing about me, which is both a, a pro and a con, I think, is that I'm not super process oriented. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a person that's going to be micromanaging you. Like, did you check everything on the checklist? Like, I'll give you the checklist and say, hey, you should use this because it could help you not mess up. But if you don't use it, I'm not going to like be screaming at you <laughs> about it, right? Uh, but you know, I, I give my people a lot of rope to hang themselves or to become something awesome. Uh, so one of the uh, quotes, I don't, I don't know if it's a management quote, but it is a leadership quote, and I love it, is uh, a true leader allows you to fail, but never allows you to be a failure. So I give people tons of room, tons, as much autonomy as I possibly can so they can develop and flourish. And I only really want to be like in their face as a manager if they need me. Uh, so I want them to have that freedom and feel like they have that freedom. And that's very important to me. So that, that's probably more unique than uh, some of the other managers in, in the company and maybe other managers outside of our company. Uh, but that's very important to me that they feel like they are designing their own lifestyle in a productive way. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And maybe I should figure out to find a leader so I, I don't have to be a complete failure on my own. <laughs> uh, it definitely helps if you have a manager, if you're not the entrepreneur, right? <laughs> you mess up the manager can take the blame for you to we fix it. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> Excellent. So Greg, despite what people might think, we aren't perfect, all of us at least, which is very important. Uh, what's one of the key sort of challenges or what's one of the key things that you're trying to improve in your business right now? Yeah. So one thing I'm trying to improve, uh, this is actually kind of tough to answer, but it is something I'm trying to improve is uh, our content creation ability. So for the longest time, uh, and this isn't so much of a management problem, it's just a labor issue. 
Uh, and now I have two new hires, so hopefully this problem will be taken care of. But the, for the longest time, like over a year, our biggest bottleneck has been uh, the ability to create content because I am the only content creator really in the team and at least doing it you know, religiously. Uh, and that becomes much more difficult in my new role as the director, right? Because I have all sorts of other responsibilities I have to look at too. So uh, I hired these two new people to help me uh, handle that. Uh, and part of that problem too, it, from a management perspective, is if you, if you have like four people, let's say, and you have a budget in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend, uh, you probably shouldn't be spending that money, even though it's in your budget, because there is a good chance that you are not spending it as well as you could just because you lack the time resource. I think a lot of people forget about that. They see like, oh man, they have this huge budget. They can do anything they want. Like, yeah, we could, but we don't have the time budget that we need to really do it well. So I'm in favor of, you know, making sure that you can finish the project and do it well. And sometimes that, that, that doesn't mean getting a bigger budget. That means getting more time resource. And I think most people would agree uh, talented, talented people's time is the biggest is the biggest thing they want, they should increase their budget for, right? And uh, I feel like we're doing that now. So hopefully in six months, this won't be an issue for us anymore. Cool. Yep, that makes total sense. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I see a lot of people trying to do so many things and, and not do a lot of it very well, right? So if you're trying to start doing AdWords, start doing SEO, start doing content, start doing videos. Like if you're doing everything at once and you don't have a team for it, uh, you can very easily end up spending a ton of money and throwing money after things that just isn't working, right? So, Yeah, absolutely. And even on the other uh, end there too, like if your team's big, like if your company in general is big, not just your department, like you can run into this maintenance nightmare, which is like, you know, you're, you're, you just have enough time to you know, maintain, but you don't really have enough to grow. And so whenever a new growth project comes along, you think like, yeah, let's tackle that. But then, you know, there's a good chance you're not going to succeed in that growth project. Cause again, you don't have the time resource. So if someone wants to like get together a new initiative, I, and they don't have those time resources, I would definitely look into hiring uh, and you can't hire uh, for that for some reason, then either you need to not do the project or, you know, figure out what it is that's really stopping you from hiring. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what do you consider sort of the biggest business risk right now for, for your department specifically? And what, what are you generally trying to do to, to mitigate that? Yeah, so the biggest risk in our industry, you know, we, we saw businesses from $20,000 to multiple seven figures, right? We even had an eight figure business listed on Marketplace for a little while. So uh, they're pretty high ticket, right? So the, the biggest thing that uh, my team has to do is build trust, nurture, uh, build that kind of brand loyalty because our average sales cycle is about, you know, 400 days. So uh, when it comes to risk, thing that is very easy for us to do is again, take that big budget and just plummet it into ads, into uh, paid ads, sponsorships, stuff like that. And now while we do some of that, uh, this last year, I have taken a big pivot to not do hardly any of that uh, because attribution is so difficult for us uh, with that long sales cycle. I, I think we're better served by uh, doing content, uh, you know, really good in-depth content that builds that nurturing trust uh, there is one solution I've come up with that will probably be launching in Q1, maybe Q2, that will help me get back into the paid ad games. Uh, we're doing a, a premium info product. So 
have a self-liquidating funnel there. So that way I'll be able to do actual attributions. And that's how I'm solving that problem. Okay. Yeah, and, and you're 100% right. And both both with social and sometimes with ads, right? With, with very long sales cycle, it can sometimes be a little bit challenging to say the least. Yeah, you know, if you're running like, uh, you know, paid ads or on a new ad platform right now with our current attribution, it's like, all right, well, let me wait about two years to see if this worked. Like, that's just not, like, that's not a thing you can do, right? So it makes experimenting very difficult. Because uh, even if you have the attribution, it's always like, maybe that was what worked. <laughs> you know, like, there's like a hundred other variables in here that could mean that it had nothing to do with this paid campaign, you know? And the, the problem is even looking for ROI, right? Like the, the chances, because it will be sort of two years down the line before you really know if it works, the, the prices on ads and things will be totally, totally different at that point. Oh, yeah. It's just the, it's not a, a stable landscape at all, right? Our online business is a super dynamic spot. So it's just an unreasonable thing to go into like hardcore paid ads. Like there's some obviously like intelligent placements we do, with like especially with conferences. Uh, but yeah, that, so that, that was one big thing I had to pivot away from at the start of uh, this year. And I'm glad I did. Uh, we saved, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point, uh, from that pivot and, uh, we're doing better than we've ever done. So. Excellent. So, um, any sort of management sort of tips and tricks you want to share with the audience here in the end? Yeah, I think the biggest one is the one you gave me is uh, doing those one-on-ones. So I do one-on-ones every single week with my team. A lot of times I'm meeting up with them more than one-on-ones, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly religious, except for with like the uh, guys that have been around a little bit longer. I don't do them as often. Uh, like we still do them pretty much once a week, but if something comes up, like, you know, we'll just do it next week or something at this point. But I talk to my team in some fashion, one-on-one every single week, uh, every single direct that works for me. And like I said, often multiple times, and that makes the team very close, uh, makes us feel that collaboration, uh, you know, kind of mindset, which I think is super helpful in marketing. So if you're not doing one-on-ones, I, I highly recommend it. And if you do uh, one-on-ones, try not to make them always about work. Like uh, a lot of my one-on-ones, sometimes I'll just talking to my team for 40 minutes about something personal that has happened to them in their life. Like, you know, maybe they took up a new hobby, or maybe they're, you know, doing something cool, and we just kind of shoot the shit for a bit. and. That is a great relationship building, especially in a remote company. Yeah, excellent. That sounds good. That sounds good. And uh, Greg, obviously, if, if people want to contact you or reach out uh, after listening to this interview and, and want to connect with you for whatever reason, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, the easiest way to uh, connect with me is just send me an email. It's just greg at empireflippers.com or you can add me on Facebook. I'm almost always on there. Uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash Gregory the writer. Uh, and if you add me as a friend, I apologize in advance for all my bad poetry I post on there. So <laughs> just be on the, just be on the lookout. <laughs> Excellent, man. Excellent. Listen, it has been really great to talk to you today. And I'm really sure my audience will benefit a lot from some of all your learnings and teachings. So uh, definitely been a pleasure having you here. Yeah, uh, always a pleasure speaking with you too, Matt. So uh, glad that I, I'm honored that you brought me on. Excellent. So again, for the audience, as always, a pleasure to listen to us. And uh, I hope you benefited from this interview. And if you do have any questions, as always, shoot us a message. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.